Hey friends, welcome to the Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast. A podcast that's not about growing marijuana or gardening, but is about living in radical faith and full submission to God. I'm sure glad you're here. The Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast is hosted by me, Connie Lawson, and airs Mondays and Fridays on your favorite podcasting platform. Be sure to check me out on social media, both Instagram and Facebook at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things. You can also go to our website at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com to leave your prayer requests or a comment and to read our blog whenever I write one, which is not very frequently because speaking is my jam, not writing. Anyway, I'm so glad you're here. Let's get this show started. Hey friends, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Connie, and I'm so glad you're here. Today I'm going to be talking about habitual sin. Say what? You heard me, habitual sin. What is habitual sin, you may ask? Well, it's any sin that you keep going back to and keep repetitively doing despite all the efforts you may put in to not doing that said sin. Today I'm going to use a verse in Joel. It's Joel 2, verse 12. And I'm going to use that verse to share with you some magnificent promises and practical tips on how you can begin to undo and to turn away from habitual sin in your life. And not only to be able to turn away from it, but to actually be victorious and begin to overcome it. Because yes, friend, it is possible. And yes, we all have habitual sin. A habitual sin, as I said before, can be anything that you do repetitively that you know is wrong, but you just can't seem to stop doing it. It could be overeating. It could be pornography, gossip, self-pity, fear, gluttony, any number of sins that we do repetitively and that has a major spot in our brain space and in our heart space, and it causes us a lot of shame, yet nothing we seem to do is enough to help us to stop. That's a pretty good red flag that you have a a habitual sin problem. And with habitual sin, it's very easy to feel hopeless and like there is just really no chance of it ever getting better. Because typically with habitual sin, you really work to not do it. And maybe you're successful for a day or a week or even a month. But then something happens and you fall back into the same patterns, which leaves you feeling depressed despondent, hopeless, maybe even angry at God. Why, you may ask, are you not helping me overcome this? Why do I keep struggling with the same thing? I've confessed it, you may say. I've asked you to help me. I want to be different. Why is this not working? So I want to take this practical truth out of Joel 2.12, and I want to share with you what the Lord shared with me. He shared this with me over my eating issue, my habitual sin. Another thing that a habitual sin is that you can picture it as as an idol. A habitual sin is often something that we go to, even if it's bad, we go to it and we try to use that to fill a hole or a void in ourselves. And we often do it unknowingly. It's not like we're intending to do the wrong thing or intending to try and fill a hole in a way that it will never be filled. But it's very easy for us humans to do silly things like that. And so for me, it's been a lifelong journey and battle 
to overcome emotional overeating. And this is what the Lord says out of his scripture in Joel 2.12. Therefore, also now, says the Lord, turn and keep turning. Keep coming to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, until every hindrance of the broken fellowship is restored. So I want to take these few sentences, and I want to share the wealth of information that the Lord spoke to my heart. It came about one night when I was laying in bed getting ready to go to sleep, and I often spend some time in prayer, and I was talking to the Lord, and I was saying, you know, I just can't stop overeating. Can you please help me? I don't have the ability to do this. And it was just so clearly in my mind that the Lord brought this verse to me. And it was the verse I just read you. Therefore also now, says the Lord, turn and keep turning. Keep coming to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning until every hindrance of the broken fellowship is restored. And then next, he brought me the verse. It came into my mind, the verse about no temptation is common to man. And any temptation that you're brought into, the Lord will provide a way out. And so it was just like a light switch moment for me. I realized that this entire time I had just been praying that the Lord would take away my issue with overeating. And that it just wasn't going to work that way. And that this scripture was telling me the exact steps that I needed to take to have this habitual sin start to diminish its hold in my life and for me to gain the ability to overcome it with the help of Jesus. One thing that we do when we have a habitual sin is we cry out in desperation, Lord, I can't do this. I can't do this. And it's true. We can't do anything apart from Jesus. But that doesn't mean that we don't do anything. And so when you look at this verse, the first thing that stood out to me was it says, therefore also. Okay, also means in conjunction with. And then it says, says the Lord. Okay, so the the point is, is that the Lord is saying this verse. And we know that all scripture is God breathed, but this is a promise from God. He is saying that This verse actually works when it's put into practice. And so we have an absolute promise here from God that if we follow these steps, he is going to work in us to help us overcome habitual sin in our lives, whatever that may be. The next thing it says is to turn. Okay, turn means to change directions, to go the opposite way, to do the opposite thing, to physically and mentally shift. And then it says to keep turning. So oftentimes we think, well, I've turned once. I've turned away from pornography. I've confessed it. Shouldn't that be enough? I've turned away from overeating. I've turned away from self-pity. But no, we have to understand that it's a lifelong struggle, our struggle with sin. And there are certain and specific sins that you will struggle with more than another person. And so you're going to have to turn and keep on turning. And once we do that, We are moving more than once. We're moving many times, and that implies hard work. But it also is giving us a big telltale sign about the heart of the Lord, because if he is telling us to keep turning, then he is aware that we're going to struggle. And struggling is a part of what he uses to not only strengthen us, but deliver us. So then it says to keep coming. 
So not only are we supposed to turn and keep turning, but we're supposed to keep coming. And why would he say to keep coming right after he says keep turning? Because we're not supposed to go just any old where. We don't run from the arms of gluttony over into the arms of sexual sin. No, we go to God. So the point of him saying to keep coming right after he refers to keep turning is he wants us to know that the focus of where we're supposed to go is always to him, but that it is a choice that we make. And then it says, with all your heart. Yes, Jesus wants all of you, everything. And in the moment, that is the sacrifice of not doing that particular thing that you want to do. So for me, it may be not eating that donut. For you, it may be not turning on that dirty movie. Or it may not be falling into that self-pitying mindset where woe is me is where you're going. So the next thing that he tells us is he gives us three practical steps to further our overcoming and victory of our habitual sin. And the first one is fasting. Fasting is, yes, it talks about fasting and prayer, but I believe that this is a this is a deeper meaning here. I believe that Jesus is saying that we need to make a physical change and a sacrifice. And so whatever it is that you're struggling from in the moment when you're facing it, you're fasting from it. You're choosing not to have it. You're choosing not to replace the pain that you're feeling or the need that you feel that you have with that external and sinful thing. And then weeping. Well, weeping, you think, why would he say weeping and then mourning? Aren't they the same thing? I don't believe so. I believe that this is referring to when he says with the weeping, it's understanding. Again, this goes back to the heart of Jesus. This is telling us that Jesus understands that when we have a habitual sin in our life, we have a pain there. There's a reason we're doing it. And maybe it's not even a reason that we fully understand, but Jesus understands it. And so he's saying, instead of filling your pains up with all of these superficial things like food and addictions and and lying and cheating and stealing, whatever it may be, Bring your weeping to me. So not only are we supposed to turn and keep turning and come and keep coming with all of our heart, but we're supposed to do it with fasting, which is sacrifice. That's essentially what fasting is. It's making a sacrifice, something that we need or we want that we're choosing to withhold out of a a desire to be disciplined and in control um, of of our lives. We're trying to give that control to the Holy Spirit. And then we're supposed to go with weeping because it is hard. It's hard to overcome sin. It's hard to admit sin. It's hard to acknowledge the truths that we have to acknowledge. Because again, it's one thing to say, I'm a liar. It's another thing to sit there and to acknowledge why you lie and how your lies have affected people and how your lies have have affected you or any other sin. And so Jesus is saying, Come to me with your weeping, with your pain, because it is hard to change. It is hard to own up to things, and it's hard to give up that which makes us feel good in the moment. And then the last thing is mourning, and I believe the mourning is referring to sorrow over the sin. 
And anything that we do habitually has a place of idolatry in our heart and life. And then the next thing that I love about this verse is, is it says, until, until every hindrance of the broken fellowship is restored. Until is again, that it's referring to this absolute promise that if you continue on doing the steps in this verse, that it's going to happen. Jesus is going to help you overcome whatever habitual sin you struggle with. And then every hindrance, friend, that's every hindrance. And the broken fellowship, well, we know that we can't be in a right relationship with God if we have unconfessed and habitual sin in our lives. And again, that doesn't mean that if you have sin, a habitual sin that you struggle with, you you can't have a relationship with Jesus. It just means, because I have a relationship with Jesus and I struggle with overeating every day of my life. But it just means that there is that struggle there. It's something in between that is stopping my relationship from being fully complete. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love me when I struggle with overeating or that God thinks I'm a failure and a loser and, you know, he doesn't want anything to do with me. This whole verse shows us the heart of Jesus towards sinners and not only towards sinners, but towards habitual sinners towards people that do the same stinking thing over and over and over again. That Jesus doesn't call us disgusting. Jesus doesn't push us away. Jesus offers us a way to receive his hope and redemption. It requires hard work, but he offers it. And he offers promises us encouragement each step of the way. That if we do our part, he's going to do his part. What a beautiful, beautiful promise. And again, it says, until every hindrance of the broken fellowship is restored. Is is another absolute encouragement word. Jesus is wanting you to know that you don't have to run and hide if you have habitual sin. You need to run right into his arms because his intention and his goal and his promise in our life and for his children is to heal them and to help them to overcome sin, hurts, and hangups in their life. So friend, whatever you are struggling with, I want you to take heart. I want you to lift your chin up because Jesus doesn't run away from you. He runs towards you. If anybody is running away, it's us running away from him. I'm going to close this podcast by telling you another bit of encouraging truth that the Lord spoke to me. The last thing that he said to me during that difficult prayer time where I received all of this truth about this verse that I really wanted to share with you was he told me, he said, Connie, You are already the woman that you want to be. And I thought to myself, Lord, I'm I'm really overweight and and I've never been successful at this. And he said, spoke to my spirit and he said, she's in there. Look at yourself the way that I see you. It's not that you're trying to be a different Connie. You're not trying to find some other Connie that's in some closet somewhere. You are her. You are the Connie that I created you to be. And you, friend, are the person that God created you to be. Yes, you may struggle. Yes, you may have a sin that's despicable and you wish you could stop it and you're hiding behind some facade to keep it private, but Jesus knows it and he is not running away from you. 
And you are already the man or woman that God has created you to be. And you need to walk and to look at yourself and to treat yourself with the dignity that Christ gives you. Not with the shame that is put over your head that either you carry or that Satan and his minions kind of tell you lies about yourself. And I know that's easier said than done. But I tell you, that night, when I saw myself as the woman I want to be, not that she's separate from me and I have to try and prove or, or work or attain her, but that she is me and I am her, I was able to lift my head a little bit higher. I was able to shuck off some of that regret and shame. Yes, I still weigh the same. But there's been a little pep in my step and a little confidence in my heart that I haven't had before. And I think it stems from the fact that Jesus doesn't turn away from us because we're sinful. He runs towards us. And not only that, he offers us hope. He offers us a way out. And friend, it is through the struggle It is through the struggle. And so I want to encourage you, whatever sin you are struggling with, take it to Jesus and get up and keep walking. Because you are the you that Jesus Christ created you to be. And if you don't know Jesus, you are really missing out. Because if you don't know Jesus, then this hope isn't a reality for you. You truly are on your own with your sin. And there truly is nothing that you can do about it. But accepting the free gift of God, it's a very easy thing to do. Just ask and believe. If you have questions or need help uh, with anything to do with spiritual or faith related, do reach out. Private message me on Facebook or Instagram at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things. I'd love to hear from you. I also always encourage you guys, let me know your prayer requests. There's nothing too small or too big. I would be honored to pray for you. Do spread the word about the Weed, Seeds, and Beautiful Things podcast and drop me a review below. That greatly helps my stats. And the stats are good, not because it promotes me, but because it gets the podcast out to other people that could truly benefit from it. I appreciate you listening, and I will see you next week. Take care.